Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Orange Power Half Hour. I am here, as always, with my dad, Shane Smithin. My name is Shelby Myers, and let's get straight into it. Um, Much more of a positive podcast this week, which I'm very much looking forward to after some some sad weeks um uh for the last couple of weeks the pokes take on um Kansas State and end up coming out with a dub surprisingly 29-21 at home on a Friday night in Stillwater it was a fun one dad it was a lot of fun i think these podcasts are uh, obviously a lot more fun when when the cowboys win or or even uh, even you know just play well but particularly when they win and and I'll be honest, I, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I didn't see the win coming. I didn't think the Cowboys no had played did. all that well in, in the first two wins. Uh, certainly didn't play well in the two losses. And really just didn't take any momentum into the game to speak of. Um, so I, I think it caught a lot of us by surprise. Um, you know, the the folks that are in charge of the Ticket sales over there this year have just done a tremendous job. And despite the the rocky start, the two and two start, you know, it was a full, full, pretty much a full house for uh, mm-hmm. for the K State game, and and they've sold out all of the remaining uh, individual tickets. So it's a it's a sellout for the season. I don't know how often that's happened, yeah. uh, but everybody that was there um, got treated to um, a great win and a great atmosphere. What do you think of the blackout? I I really liked it. I, I love the blackout and I honestly it sounds silly, but it might have played played a role. I think um it was it's fun for the fans to show up blacked out. I mean, as we always talk about on Orange Power Half Hour, our unis are always sick. But the all black with the cowboy script on the helmet, it's hard to lose a football game when you look that good. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of people that have commented some uh, on, you know, I know the pistol firing guys and some other uh, podcasts and articles have literally given credit to the the blackout, the crowd, the atmosphere for contributing to the win, and and I, I think that's I think there's a lot to that. Uh, you know, night games in Stillwater are are really special and very. Um, you know, and and the Cowboys have have played well at home, uh, particularly at night. You know, and they've they played well. Um, strangely, they played really well at home as an underdog. I don't know uh, if you happen to catch the statistic or statistic or not, but you know, uh, Gundy's Cowboys are, they've won eight of their last nine, nine. Yep. home games as a, as a home underdog. And so that's, that's a pretty impressive little run right there. And, um, you know, get a, get another one on Friday night. And um, the Friday night was was fun too, you know. If, yeah. if you lose it, it makes for a long, miserable weekend. But if you win it, it makes watching college football on Saturday a lot of fun. Yeah, if you're anything like um, Dad and I, we sat around on Saturday and did pretty much nothing but uh, watch college football, and we would have both been it would have not been near as fun um, to be sulking with the loss, which is which is kind of what we thought, you know. I I think I told you last week. I thought I didn't really see. Um, much changes coming. It didn't feel like we were adjusting very well, but I will say the Oklahoma state Cowboys that stepped out on the field last Friday felt much more like the Cowboys that I've, um, we were a lot closer to the 2021 Cowboys than we were a couple weeks ago. 
Well, I think there were some there were some adjustments that were made and, and they were they were critical. Um, you know, I think personnel wise, moving Dalton Cooper to left yep. tackle um, obviously made, made a big difference. Uh, Ollie yep. Gordon has had his second game rushing for more than 100 yards, had nearly 140 yards. Um, and I think I think Dalton Cooper's presence at that left tackle spot had a lot to do with that. Uh, the Cowboys came out, and as from a, a play-calling standpoint, they yeah. were much more wide open uh, on those first couple of drives than they had been throughout the rest of the season. And The first offensive series, I understand, is scripted, and it was so fun to watch. That was way more closer to, I think, um, what Casey Dunn's really good at. I think that's way more his his speed of play calling. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really fun to watch. Yeah, one of the one of the little wrinkles offensively that um, that your brother pointed out that I don't think we had done much of at all uh, up to that point was um, was to run those RPOs. You know where Roman mm-hmm. would uh, put the ball in the tailback's belly. Um, you know on a on a literally a zone read, and if the if the run was not there, he would pull the ball and then hit one of the inside receivers on a uh, on a slant. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys ran that time and time and time again and had some of the their bigger plays out of it. Um, Jaden Bray broke one back out to the outside that he got down inside the uh, three yard line. Now, you know, we'll get into to, to red zone office <laughs> at some point, but there's always uh, something to improve on. But I just I felt like the offense uh, did throw a couple of new wrinkles in there that were effective. They did a couple mm-hmm. of things personnel wise that were that was effective. Um, Alan Bowman I think has to get a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very careful with the football, no turnovers, mm-hmm. uh, no sacks. And uh, l- listen, we you and I and everybody else that that supports the orange and black has been very critical of the offensive line all season long. And, yep throughout the second half of last season, we got to give those guys turn around and give them credit while they, they have to figure out ways to punch it in. Once they get inside the five yard mm-hmm. line, Alan Bowman did not get touched. Not only did mm-hmm. he not get sacked, he didn't get, nobody laid a hand on him in that game. And, and so mm-hmm. that's obviously uh, an indication that your big boys up front are doing a good job. So I thought there were, was a, a lot of nice adjustment on the offensive side of the football. And then, you know, defensively, we hadn't really even slowed anybody down in a couple of weeks. Right. And I was very We were still about... worst, worst in tackling, I think, uh, literally, I think, compared to everybody. When Power 5 schools were the worst. Well, certainly, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the worst uh, in terms of missed tackles. And, and missed tackles continued to be a little bit of an issue at, at times on Friday night, although it was certainly better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was massively concerned that Kansas State would come in with that power running game of theirs and just mm-hmm. run the ball down the Cowboys' throat, and they didn't do that. Now, some of that, I think, was self-inflicted. I think Kansas State maybe maybe tried to throw the football a little more yeah. than, than they should have. Will Howard did have some success running it himself from the quarterback position. I just didn't think they did enough of it. But right. what was impressive is when they did drop him back to throw – the Cowboys were able to get pressure on him with a three-man front. You know, three guys against five, you you shouldn't get a lot of pressure, and they did. 
Yep. Yeah, no, we got to give it to um, credit to those guys, too. I mean, Will Howard, um, the Kansas State quarterback, ends with three interceptions. You already touched on Bowman taking care of the football, um, who ends with zero. And I think that's, I mean, as we all know, you give the other team the ball, they can they can have more opportunities to score. But also, it's a huge momentum change. And I felt like we had the momentum at every point of the game, I didn't ever really feel like it was uh, turning in their favor. And I think um, turnovers play, play a large role in that. So yeah, I got to give the boys up front on both sides, honestly, a lot of love. Yeah. And, and you're dead right on the turnovers. You know, this team's not, it's not a, as, as big play or electric um, an offense as what right. the Cowboys have had in the past. And so, they're going to need some extra possessions. They're going to need some field position. So uh, I, I just, in fact, I would say I don't see them. I don't. I don't think there's a game on the schedule that they would likely win if they lost the turnover battle. At the same Completely time, you know, outside of maybe one or two games, there's maybe not a game that can't be won if you go out and win the turnover battle. That's that's probably true. Um, I think I also thought we did a pretty good job um offensively of of spreading the love around um I thought we got a lot of guys involved obviously you've already touched on that we got all I think he ended with like 136 um yards and I think he will have to continue to do so for us to come out with a win um and then some you know Bray got involved and um we got a couple other guys involved and I think that is really huge too um when you can spread the ball around. I think it's a lot easier to be successful on the offensive side of the ball. Well, one of the things I was really concerned about right before kickoff, it was announced that uh, Stribling, right. you know, had been lost for the season. He got an, uh, had a hand injury during the week and uh, was going to apparently have to have surgery and miss the rest of the season. And he had been, I thought, far and away the most productive and most explosive receiver um, all season long. So, I was a little bit concerned about, you know, who would step up and, and kind of fill that role. But as you mentioned, several guys got more involved. They did a better job of getting Brennan Presley the football. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with Rashad Owens. I, Rashad's yep. a, a kid who doesn't get a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, all he does, all that kid does is, is catch the football. If you throw it close enough for him to touch it, he generally catches it and um, and does good things with it after the catch. And we've had He's some tough we we've had some tough drops already this season from some of the guys. So we need a guy who can just step up and if we can get it in his vicinity, he can come up with it. Yeah, I thought I thought he played uh, you know particularly well, and um, I think that'll be a challenge for the Cowboys moving forward is to find somebody to um, to replace Stribling. You know, mm-hmm. um, both in terms of, of depth and in terms of just his ability to stretch the field. I I would like to see the coaches uh, put Jaden Nixon out there a little more uh, often. Sure. We saw him um, play some receiver at yeah. times this year and, and being effective. He caught, a, caught the deep ball for a touchdown at Iowa State. Um, you know, he's not getting a lot of touches now that they've kind of figured out Ollie Gordon – uh, is and and should be the the bell right. cow in the backfield. So maybe Jaden Nixon gets a little more involved there. I don't know if there's a, a freshman that they were planning on redshirting that's got some speed that that maybe could get mm-hmm. in the mix. But um, I think replacing uh, Deshaun Stribling is going to be um, is going to be one of the the big tasks. 
Yeah, and I really do. I like your idea of, of getting Nixon out there. I think he's he's got the talent to get the job done, so I think you might as well utilize him. And obviously when you've got the threat of um, a decent uh, chunk of receivers, then that makes Ollie's job a lot easier um, when you can stretch the defense out and they have to protect um, the big ball, then you kind of open up some options for your run game as well. So I think I agree that will be completely critical. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is Jaden Nixon, probably the most uh, explosive guy on the offensive side yeah. of the ball. So, you know, if yeah. he's not going to be getting as many touches at tailback, let's let's get him involved somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to the I know we've already touched on the defensive side of the ball, but moving on to next week for the defensive side of the ball. I wanted to touch on we watched the Kansas game um, on Saturday when we were on our your and I's favorite day ever of just sitting around and literally watching football game back to back to back. Um, but I'm a little nervous dad about the, um, the back situation. Kansas has got two really good backs, um, that they can alternate. I think, um, we're going to get their number two quarterback. I think he's still going to be, um, the guy this week. Um, I don't really know that that, affects anything. I think there's some KU fans that claim that he's, he's the better one anyway, but, um, their backs can run the football pretty well. And I'm a little concerned about our defensive front and how well we can nip that. Well, I think that's a good concern to have. Uh, I, they do have very talented tailbacks and, and I think, you know, their, their quarterback, uh, the last couple of weeks being, you know, he's a kid Oklahoma State has has played against before. And in fact, uh, I think he was I think he was the quarterback we faced uh, in Lawrence last year when he was. Kansas, Kansas uh, snapped. I think Oklahoma State was on a seven or eight game mm-hmm. winning streak against Kansas. And, and that got snapped as uh, as the second half of last season kind of melted away. But you know, the Cowboys played very well defensively this, this last week. I mean, we haven't really talked about any individual guys, but Nick Martin was 17 tackles. I mean, that's that's yeah. crazy. I, you know, I think um, Donnell and I looked it up. You know, uh, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez never had a game where he had 17 tackles. So that in and of itself tells you what a performance Nick Martin had. And then, of course, Cameron Epps with the the two picks, one uh, that, he, that he took to the house, pick six. Uh, so – the, the defense played very well, but I think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, Kansas State played into that a little bit by by true. trying to trying to throw the football when maybe they should have just hammered away. And I don't think Kansas will take that bait. I think Kansas is going to be more inclined to to set back there and pump the ball to those two backs. So then the question is, will Oklahoma State be able to control the line of scrimmage with this new three man front? And if not, will you know, will the coaching staff be willing to jump into the four-man front, um, you know, and, and do so in enough time to to still have a chance to win the game? Yeah, for some um, perspective, for those of you who didn't get to watch um, Kansas beat UCF last week. Um, beat the final brains out. <laughs> the final was 51-22. Um, but Neil is one of their backs who had 154 yards and 12 carries. Daniel Hyshaw had 134 yards with 19 carries. So that's that's plenty of plenty of yardage right there. Um then they obviously, you know, put up 51 points. So I'm I'm concerned about that. I'm hoping that Coach Nardo watched that game as well. 
um, and is also concerned about that and that we can uh, adjust if needed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, we I didn't really like the way this three, three, five looked week one, uh, week two against Arizona State. I thought it looked much better. One of the reasons I thought it looked a lot better was the fact that we were willing to abandon it on occasion and and jump back around and in, in, into the three man front, the four man front. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, you know, we have a couple of we have more guys that can play on the edge than we do in the interior. So I think we're a little deeper when we play that way. You know, he got back away from that in those two that we lost. Now, you know, in this last game, we got in a four-man look on occasion, but it was pretty rare occasion. So, we mm-hmm. again, this was probably the best performance by far as far as, you know, being in that in that strict 3-3-5 look. Um, you know, will, will it work against a team that's going to uh, try to hammer away on the ground? I don't know. So, we'll have to see, uh, you know, how the coaches approach that. Yeah. I am that we have to touch on. I'm jumping around a little bit, but we have to touch on um, Alex Hale, um, who is our kicker for for those of you that don't know. Um, But when we struggled in the red zone and struggled to to go ahead and put up six, um, he came in and at least got us some some points on the board. He was um, five for six. They had one blocked field goal. Um, And I. The kickers won't ever get a lot of love, so I'm going to give him a, a minute here to have his moment. Um, because obviously, without him, you don't you don't win in the game. So, yeah, he was tremendous, and and those weren't all chip shots either. You know that one of those no. included a a 53 yarder, it, and, it, and that looks only, like a chip shot, but it wasn't. Yeah, and and not only you know not only has he been good or was he good in this last game, but he's he's been very good all season long. He's 11 for 13 on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three of three from beyond 50 yards and that the five field goals that he hit Friday night uh, tied a school record. And this I I started to uh, I started to say, I'll, I'll give you a cookie if you can tell me who he tied. But, you know, that this might be getting back a little far for you to remember. But well, I'm uh, not that it, old. It's Quinn Sharp, uh, Quinn Sharp in, in 2012. Okay. Also had five field goals. So, but as you said, you know, hey, if we if we do a better job with our protection, mm-hmm. he sets the school record at six because uh, there wasn't he wasn't going to miss that one. Uh, that yeah. was one of the shorter ones that actually got blocked. Uh, right. And uh, you know, yeah, if it comes down, if the game is tight and it comes down to a kickoff, I like our chances. Yeah. Now, having said that, uh, you want your kicker to be able to be that good. You don't want to have to use him that much because you want to be going ahead and putting exclamation park exclamation mark on the um, offensive drive and getting into the end zone, um, which we we did struggle with. Um, and I don't know what it what it is exactly. It kind of felt like we um, would be creative until we got to about the twenty, and then got a lot less creative. Um, so I don't know what the what that. Um, what the issue is there, but I, I would like to get it figured out and give Alex a little more time to rest. Well, there's, I mean, you know, it, there's no question that when you get in the red zone, the field gets compressed, right? So you have less space, you have less space to operate. And I think most defenses um, are going to respond by bringing an extra player in the box and basically daring you to try to, to run it. And, um, 
you know, the Cowboys did have a couple of a couple of drives inside the five when they had first and goal that they decided they were going to try to to hammer away, power mm-hmm. away. Um, I think they'll learn from that. I, I think they saw, um, you know, they saw f- themselves fail trying to do that this past week. So I think they'll have some other things uh, in mind. You know, I, I I'm re- thinking back to uh, some goal line situations like. Um, Brendan Presley's freshman year when he was playing in the cheese bowl, you know, we ran a couple of mm-hmm. uh, jet sweeps to him and, and maybe, uh, maybe reverse. Um, I think we did that with Tay Martin in the, um, in the Notre Dame Fiesta bowl. Um, just tried to get some, um, some more, some uh, more sideline to sideline type yeah. stuff. I think that's, I think that's the key is you just, you can still run the football, but I don't think you can necessarily do it out of a, a predictable tight set. So let's, let's see maybe if the Cowboys make an adjustment and, you know, that that's always my thought process is if I need to, to get a yard or two yards instead of getting 11 personnel and bunch it up, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's spread out, maybe even, maybe even widen our stance a little bit. And, and tell our backs, you know, look, we may turn a guy loose. You may have to make a guy miss in the open field, but but you should have some more natural running lanes available to you at that point. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I also wanted to touch on, um, I don't know what this stat is, but I would be curious to know because I'm not sure that I have seen it as a Pokes fan in my adult life or maybe ever. But we fake punt on fourth down, and I don't know that this that that has been something that I've ever seen us do in the last several years. Yeah, we'd have to go back and look. I mean, we uh, we have not done a lot of that. There's no question. And about I liked it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great when it works, right? And right, you know, that was one of the things I was uh, that I was talking over with your brother the day after the game was the fact that if you go back and you look at Mike's record, um, you know, over the past, whatever we're at now, 18, 19 years, um, you know, there have been some, some really explosive offense offenses. There's been some years in there where we great, uh, mm-hmm. we were great at turnovers. Uh, you know, the, the really good 2021 year where we're just fantastic on defense all around, but you go back and look at scores. And I mean, OSU has won a lot of close ball games over that span. And one of the things I think you have to to give Mike credit for is I think most of the time kind of playing the percentages and punting the ball away on fourth down and, and doing some of those more conservative things Boy. over the long haul have, have paid off, but – um, but you don't you have know, those weapons now that you just talked about. Right. I think that's the difference. I think that's that's exactly where I was going. I don't know that we're quite as talented as we've been mm-hmm. in the past. So I think I think it it requires you to take more of those chances. You go for it more on fourth down, you know, run some some fake punts, some fake field yeah. goals, things of that nature. Yeah, and I and I think to their credit, I think that's exactly what what we that they've decided as well, because I, I don't think you have the script you have for the first offensive drive if you're not kind of letting it hang out a little bit going forward on fourth down I like that um because I I think too and I hope that we continue to do this throughout the rest of the season 
But I think you get those two losses early and one of them being a conference game with Iowa State. And I think it gives you a little of like, well, what do we got to lose? And I don't even mean that in a negative way. I mean that as in a let's just go out there and and throw some some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, there's no question that, you know, they have their back against the wall uh, from those from those early season losses. And, uh, you know, you can you can either buck up or you can lay down and let the truck go ahead and you know run over you. And, and I was glad to see that that was the response on on Friday. I think had we went ahead and been able to punch a couple of those balls in the end yeah. zone when when we got inside the, the 10 yard line, I think it would have looked and felt even a lot better than it did. Um, you know, as it turned out, Kansas State had two drives inside five minutes with the chance, you know, they, they would have had to have the two-point conversion as well. But the Oh, yeah, but we were stressed. Yeah, we, we were stressed. It was yeah. not one that just, um, you know, sat back and enjoyed. your You didn't popcorn. put it away. But uh, but the defense rose to the occasion on, on those last two drives, yep. and, and that was great. Um, if we get those red zone issues figured out, though, um, you know, maybe maybe everything looks even better. And certainly Kansas is, I think, you know, even though Kansas State was the defending Big 12 champion, I think Kansas is, is the more talented of those two teams. I completely agree. Um, and and as, I think they're extremely well coached. Very well coached and extremely physical, right? Which is mm-hmm. not what you ever have associated Kansas football with. They They have – always even in the years when they've been a little better they've typically been a finesse team Mm -hmm. as much as kansas state is a traditional power football team this kansas jayhawk team way more physical in my opinion well and it's it's fun to be a a a jayhawk football fan right now too they've got all this momentum momentum um i think they're selling their place out or getting really close don't quote me on that um, but they've they've also we'll probably have a lot of a lot of blue in the stands come um come Saturday. I think, you know, they're they've they've got some some fire under their pro- program with this um head coach. I think he's been there since 21, if that's correct. And I think he also brought um the OC with him. So I think he's got a, a good group well, his, behind him. Yeah, his OC and DC have been with him everywhere he's been. I, I know they had a that's right. A stint in Buffalo, and I think yep. maybe they may have started off at uh, at North Dakota. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, so they they know anyway, how to work together and been, be successful. Yeah, and they've been together. Yeah, so I think I think we're gonna have our our hands full. It's definitely, absolutely not KU football that we are, you know, that we are have been accustomed to over you know the last decade this is this is a good ball club and and I hope we go into it with the same um back against the wall mentality for everybody I think I think we play better that way it looks like um so I hope I hope we definitely don't need to be looking to the next one at all no that's the good thing is this team I think this team understands it's not good enough to to look ahead right I, I had one other note I wanted to to work in here about the offensive line again because we have jumped on them pretty hard throughout the year and and uh, I think this Me? bears Never. pro pro football focus uh gave the Oklahoma State offensive line a 93.2 grade in pass protection um, for for their performance against Kansas State on Friday night, their best of the season before that had been a sixty seven point two grade 
against Iowa State. So a D to an A. Is, uh, yeah, that's a, a a dramatic improvement. And and again, I think um, you know the Cowboys have been trying to play with Cole Birmingham out there at left tackle, and and I don't know you know how many people know it or don't know it, but Cole Birmingham has had uh, a couple of really bad ankle injuries and. I just don't think he's he's been able to completely heal up from that. And he's a kid that was recruited as a natural uh, guard to begin with, not really a, a tackle. And so I think moving him back inside and moving Dalton Cooper out outside, as we talked about earlier in, in the in the pod, was was a big, big deal. And, and the uh, you know, the the grades by an independent organization certainly bear that out. Yeah, I'm um, 90. Did you say 93? 93.2 we'll take it again i will take that let's do it again um yeah we we have been harsh on them um and, and rightfully so but yeah we'll go ahead and give them um give them plenty of credit that's a that's a really that's a really hard job of course and that probably doesn't get talked about enough either but i mean you're going you're going to battle every every play i think you told me this dad but when you were when you were playing um something and you're up on the line something hurts after every play you are a little injured after every play when you're in the dog fight like that every down so um hats off to them for for that big of a jump that's impressive yeah there's uh there's a lot of violent collisions in there and, and those guys did did a good job and uh, hopefully we can find some ways to give them some advantages when we get down there in the the red zone and and make that part of it a little better but um, they're they're getting better and that's that's good and I think it's contributing to to Ollie's last two games being up over 100 yards and um, you know the, we talked touched on the play calling maybe being a little more open the other thing too is just is, is maybe you know maybe just some continuity you know getting getting Ollie in there and and getting him into a rhythm rhythm getting Alan Bowman into a rhythm um, I, I think I think you can just see that that's all been better. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you have to feel like the quality of the opponent has improved. I think Kansas State's a better football team than Iowa State, but we look better against Kansas State. Uh, right. I think another week uh, of of those reps and and those guys working together, uh, you know, and I, I heard Ollie say this in his postgame interview um, or, or maybe after practice on Monday, but, um, you know, he, he, he said it takes some time even as a back to to see – and adjust to how the offensive line is going to block and where you need to to mm-hmm. to come off of their blocks. You know, where do you yeah. need to make your cuts? And when that you're getting sense. two or three touches a half, like he was the first three ball games, yeah, it's it's tough to get that figured out in in game conditions. You know, now he's he's become that bell cow, as we said, and he's you know I don't I can't remember Iowa State how many touches he had, but he had twenty carries. Mm-hmm. This last week, that's how many carries I was hoping Ollie Gordon would get a game from, you know, from the get go. So, yeah, I, I think getting those guys uh, some rhythm and, and you know, into the contest and feeding them the ball. I just think running back, you know, is one of those positions you you can't go in there and and get it done in four or five plays. You've got to hammer yeah. away a little bit. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. Um, And I say this very optimistically, but I think. Uh, kind of what you're talking about and finding the right personnel and switching switching it up on the line, 
getting Bowman settled, getting working Presley in when we can, getting Ollie um acquainted with the line and and such. I think I think that sets you up to be better every week. So I hope um that everybody just continues to get more comfortable with their role. Um and we can go put up some some big numbers on the offensive side of the ball and little numbers on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, and uh, something else we probably bears mentioning too is uh, you know Chris Kleiman, the the K State coach. Uh, the, you know, they're Oklahoma State. Um, uh, I think the guy's called OKC Dave. He puts out that fan survey every year. Pistols firing guys carry it, and um, he had he has some always some really interesting questions. And one of the things he asked the OSU fan base was, you know, outside of of your own coach, you know, rank the the best coaches. Uh, one to 12 or one to, I guess, how many ever teams we have now, one to 14 in the big 12. And Chris Kleiman uh, was kind of the runaway winner. Um, and, and then in another category, they said, if, you know, if your son was playing college football in the big 12 and, and couldn't play for Mike Gundy, who would you have him play for? And again, Chris Kleiman was the winner there. I don't think that's, uh, I think that's a very educated um mm-hmm fan vote by our fan base. Chris Kleiman is an excellent football coach and has left Stillwater still without uh, having won in Stillwater. So, yep. you know, again, we, you know, we've, we got on our coaches a little bit for how the season started. So yep. got to give them credit. You know, both teams had two weeks to get prepared and uh, our coaching staff and our players did a better job with their two weeks than Kansas state did with theirs. That's I'm glad you made that point. And that's exactly right. Um, I hope that we can do it again this week um, against KU. Uh, games at 2.30. Um, might be a little windy. Um, it might be a little chilly, but I think it'll still be a, a good weathered fall football game. Um, hopefully we can get it done. Daddy, got anything else? No, I just, I'm excited to see. Uh, I hope uh, the people continue to t- turn out and support this team like they have. Uh, it's going to be important. Uh, home field mm-hmm. advantage is going to be more critical for this football team probably than it's been in a number of years because, again, the the margin for winning and losing for this football team is going to be razor thin week in and week out. So uh, everybody get there, get your get your rear end into the stadium, come early, stay late, stay in sway, be loud, be proud, and go Pokes. All right, you heard it here first. This was Orange Power Half Hour. We will see you next week. Go Pokes.